everybody. Welcome back. It's Play Games Lose Friends. It is episode 17. We inch closer to 20 and some more legitimacy in some fashion. I'm Ryan, back with Ken. It is Sunday, April, or yeah, April. April. August 4th. I wish it was April. <laughs> I could do summer over again. Sunday, August 14th, 2022. Glad you could make it back to join us. We've got uh, another good interview tonight. Uh, Taylor Doolittle, who worked on Reincarnated from Doolittle Games, was uh, kind enough to sit down with us for about a half hour to talk Reincarnated. We've spoken about the game a bit on the show before. It was a Kickstarter from Ken. Um, was it last year fulfilled, I think? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so we've gotten – Quite a few games of that in so far. We're going to talk a review for Reincarnated after we uh, get a chance to sit down and chat with Taylor. And we also want to give a little shout out to everybody who listens to the podcast or follows us on Instagram. We're going to do a giveaway. Yay! Reincarnated giveaway. First giveaway. Uh, I'm hoping – yeah, first giveaway. Momentous occasion. Taylor has so kindly offered up a copy of Reincarnated for us to share with someone so we will talk a little bit about details for that after the uh, the rest of the show. So hang on till the end. Or you could just skip all our crap and fast forward to that part. <laughs> just to get the giveaway info. <laughs> yeah. Ignore all the nerd talk and just go to the I – hope, I hope that's what everybody does. Maybe, maybe you care what we say. Maybe you actually listen to us. We also got a beer review, playlist, backbought, all the normal stuff. But uh, – so we can hurry up and get to the Taylor interview because that's the exciting part. Let's talk about – beer oh actually before we do that do you want to plug uh our, our buddies releasing an episode this weekend uh, why don't you do it because you apparently just want to keep talking so <laughs> i'm just joking two minutes in i know this is this is like the ryan episode you're going a uh, solo tour no i couldn't do it without you buddy ah uh, thank go you. ahead you plug all no right one wants to hear me now so our friends uh in the nerd hammer universe uh are releasing a podcast actually probably as we speak uh, so if you hear this, uh, you will also be able to go grab their latest episode of Drunk and Disordered, a Kings of War podcast, where they have their special guest, uh, Matt, uh, who will walk through his experience in a Masters tournament on the West Coast. So it should be a pretty good episode. Um, I believe there's a little bit more inside jokes and more banter and humor than potentially some of their other ones. Uh, we got a little bit of a sneak preview of the show notes, so I know I'm excited. I mean, they talk about, what, vampires and karma to what else? What else was in the show notes? So it should be a, a fun one. So uh, please tune in. Rob Drunk and disorder. tasting like bubblegum. Yeah, that's weird. Well, hopefully it's nothing too serious and intentional. I hope it's sour, at least. Yeah, I hope it's intentional. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so if you get a chance, check them out. They're awesome. Uh, the podcast is great. And if you're a Kings of War player, a lot of good. And again, congrats to Matt for getting as far as he did. And I think that'll just be the phone. Yeah. Tip of the That's, iceberg. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lots lots to go. And hopefully the other guys can make it next year. I know logistically traveling to tournaments across the country is not – especially when a lot of us have family jobs and you know real life getting in the way. But hopefully next year more of them can make – represent. All right. Uh, beer. What do you got? Beer. Um, so I Beer's actually good. Uh, beer is good. I uh, I found a new uh, beer from Cape May, and I believe Cape May's in Pennsylvania, right? Is that correct? <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. Uh, with my geography, I believe it's Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. Yes. They're famous for their beers and, and their potatoes. Yes. Uh, potato so beer. Yes. So Cape May Brewing Company from New Jersey. 
um, has another flavor that, again, when I went to the beer distributor, they it was there. So uh, I'm, I was excited to try it. It's called Citrus Shandy the Grove. And the little tagline is Squeeze the Day. So uh, I am rounding out my evening. So I wanted something nice, soothing, and enjoyable. So it's a 4.5 tropical citrusy shandy so on the cover is like a giant clam with oranges and limes and lemons inside it's bursting with fruit if you like cape may and you like shandies i would recommend the grow i'm now going to call it the citrus clam beer (laughs) which by the way ladies and gentlemen stick around we're going to announce our geography podcast where ken tells you where (laughs) towns and cities are located across the united states yeah, it'll be uh, good. It's only going to be about three minutes an episode, but yeah, yeah it will be two minutes of me introing a minute of him effing up geography. Yeah, I'm going to screw up on. one city and state combo, and then we're going to laugh, and then we're going to call it. <laughs> Dallas, Arizona. All right. I have a beer that I know you're going to drink next time you're here because I pretty much got it for you guys. But Yay, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Dewey Beer Co makes uh, some a, a line of beers called Secret Machine. They released a whole series of fruited milkshake sour type beers. Uh, it literally looks like a smoothie. The one I got is uh, strawberry, lemonade, and another fruit. Banana? <laughs> I can't remember what's the other banana? No. Oh, if it was banana, I would have thrown it out as soon as I got it. Uh, banana's gross. The, the only good thing that has banana flavor is a banana. Anything else should just be destroyed. No, it's uh, strawberry, uh, lemonade, and I can't remember the other fruit. But it is sour, but it also looks like a smoothie. It's it's thick. It's like when I pour it out of the uh, six-tool, it, it just is like molasses coming out. It's so thick. Mm, 7%. Soft beer. But yeah, it is. It's like soft serve. It is absolutely delicious. Uh, I don't know what the sugar volume is, but there's definitely sugar in it. But if you like sweet beer with a, a sour finish, this is this is good. And at 7%, it gets the job done. And amazingly, it wasn't that expensive. I was surprised. Usually those beers can go, you know, 120, 130 for a sixth. I think it was like 100, around 100 bucks mm. uh, with the deposit. So not bad at all. So either it was, you know, a 2021 expired beer and they didn't tell me or <laughs> I got a good deal. But yeah, Dewey Beer Company. Uh, I've had a couple of their things, but not a lot. I'm going to start trying out some more frequently. So very good stuff. And I know you guys will drink it. Nice. Hopefully, uh, you should see the glass after you're done. It literally looks like like you drank a health protein shake or something. <laughs> it's, nice. it's bizarre. All right. Let's jump into our playlist. Um, I've got three, and I know you've got a couple. One of my third – my third one and one of yours is shared. Let's talk about Imperius. So you chatted a little bit about this before when you picked it up in our cha-ching episode <laughs> one or two episodes ago. When I hit that uh, – hit that- as like a – Hit the bank with it. Yeah. The bargain bin jackpot. So why don't you why don't you tell us how you acquired it, the price at which you acquired it, and then uh, explain a little bit about it. Yes. Yeah, so it was a sale. I, b- I believe it was around Father's Day because I had hit a whole bunch of sales back in June. Um, Mini Market was doing some sales. Fun Again was doing sales. Board Game Bliss was doing sales. So um, it, was, it was on the Fun Again site, um, and they uh, – they were just basically liquidating what I think would be Colossal's retail pledges uh, from Kickstarter because I bought a couple different games from them, and one of them happened to be this little game called Imperius. Uh, I, I had in my saved list for a while, just like uh, you know, in your Kickstarter saved, 
Um, but like there was just something like I don't know if it was just the campaign page wasn't drawing me in or I mean, God forbid, I probably had three other Kickstarters I was backing, backing at the time. So um, but they uh, I just took a chance on it. I think the base game was what I, I think it was what six ninety nine five ninety nine something like that. And then yeah, it was five ninety nine, which was which if you think about it, I just saw it in the mini market clearance sale this weekend and miniature market had it for 18. So clearly the pledge was way over the 599 when you when you backed it on Kickstarter. And I liked it so much I went back and grabbed the uh, Kickstarter exclusive pack that Fun Again also had, which they didn't have the first time when I was browsing. So I spent $14, which is still cheaper than Mini Mark Mini Market's clearance $18 to get everything that was done in the Kickstarter campaign for Imperius. And the reason why I did all this was because Imperius is fun. Uh, it is a unique game, which I think we joked about it. Like we've never seen this mechanic before in the past no, or ever. Not. And the reason why I, I say it's unique and uh, is because you draft your opponent's cards and you play your opponent's cards. And it is a column sort of combat mechanism where you're placing cards in columns and you're trying to, you know, again, it is a victory point, you know, you're attempting to score victory points, but you need to place the right characters in the right columns to get the, you know, right combinations so that you can score points. And, and some are face down. Yeah. You don't really know. You didn't know like completely what the whole column looks like. Yeah. So it is, and again, very unique. So, um, I, I was just super excited about it, so uh, I did bring it to game night. Uh, I thought the guys would really enjoy it, and I don't think it disappointed, right? No, I, I thought it was really good. Um, we haven't played anything like that before, you're right. I haven't played anything that style, like drafting, you know, drafting cards away from people, but then drafting their color cards and using them against them in certain fashions is, like, incredibly rewarding. Um, I think some of the stuff that got me the most about it was the the hidden cards, right? So being able to plan stuff out is one thing, but when there's cards face down and there were other cards, like certain planets affect the column of cards in certain ways. There were some, there's like the base set of cards, but then we played with some of the, the other sets that come with it. And there's like so much variety available. It's a thousand times and probably never have the same game twice. Um, it, it made more cards hidden. So it was even harder to tell what to do as you're kind of just planning out everything else and just hoping for the best there. Uh, being able to take your opponent's cards, though, and kind of play them face down and completely screw them up, not thinking that you're going to go there or something like that, it's just really fun. Like, it's just a fun mechanic to try. And it took us maybe a few, you know, two, three rounds, but I started seeing people formulate stuff better in their head about how to do I wasn't really paying attention to the controlling point or those control tokens that you put on a planet uh, which represent the columns that was huge at the end i think yeah that one off the back of that the first game and, and i was like all right i can kind of see where the all those things mixed together make a really good game it's not it's longer than i thought it would be which is probably my only gripe but i think if we could continue to play it more it would just get faster and faster i think that's a very very good game and yeah ridiculously good for the price get getting more reps in on that game I think we'll definitely make yeah. that game go faster because you're going to start to remember and memorize certain cards. However, the replayability in just the $14 that I spent is crazy yeah. because <laughs> it's nuts. The elders are like one of your six cards. 
that you uh, you have to play as. And every one of them, so six times four, uh, or no, it's like eight times four. So there are 32 unique elders in this game. Um, so it's crazy, just that amount. Then the special abilities that you can mix in, because you only play with four sort of action cards uh, every time you play. So, and that deck yeah. probably has, what, 60, 70 cards? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's huge. And then the planets. Again, you play with seven, you know, four planets, sorry, not seven. You play with four planets, and there's probably, probably another 60, 70 planets to choose from. So, I mean, the replayability is just gonna, is through the roof in this. And again, it's just simple cards. Um, but yeah, I think this is, one of those games that you, know, you you manage to pick up cheap, which means other people are probably going to be able to do the same thing. If you have a dedicated gaming group, you listen to the show, I would highly recommend your group. It seemed to work really well in our dynamic, and I think that helped the game. I could see people kind of getting pissed about the playing other people's cards type thing, even though it's kind of shared across everybody. If you have a good group that you play regularly with, getting this for $15 is like a complete no-brainer to me. It's, yeah. It's that much fun. Yeah, so that was on the uh, Fun Again website. So maybe it's still going on. I haven't been on the site in a couple of days since I, you know, had two months of nonstop buying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my August is a little bit slower, which is good. Yeah. And then, like I said, uh, Mini Market has the base right now for 18, which again is still a good deal, but yeah. not as good a deal as Fun Again's. But if you can, if it's not there anymore. I would imagine we'll see this on sale at some point. E- even at 18, like if you didn't have it I'd p- and I played it somewhere else, I'd bucks without even. So should we stick with game what night? What else did you play? Or should we jump around? What's that? Should we stick with game night? Yeah, go ahead. So the other game we played uh, last time we got together with our gaming group was War Chest. Uh, I think <laughs> uh, we're almost going to be a broken record with War Chest because of how much we talk about it. However, every time we play it, it is epic. It is fun. Uh, it's swingy. We never know who's going to win. Um, I, I almost lost the game for us this time <laughs> around as well. So I was in my normal being bad at the game. Uh, in, in all fairness, I did get some some rough drafts. Uh, so you did, you but definitely um, did. But, I feel like you're developing this like submarine approach to this game now, though, where you're yeah, like, like, I'm just going to look like I don't know what I'm doing for the first 35 minutes and then just screw them really bad at the yeah. end and win. I'm like a war chest hustler, like uh, <laughs> in a pool hall or something, right? Like, war chest um, shark. Yeah. So, but I, it was my pick. So I brought Imperius because I wanted everyone to try it because I was super. I was super pumped about that game, and I, I was very happy with that purchase. And then having people validate my $14, I was happy with that. So that's cool. Uh, but then we had to get War Chest to the table, and we threw in both expansions. I think those were the only expansions you own, Ryan, right? You got them just in time for game night? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no. <laughs> I buy expansions. Stop. Stop it. I'm just going to hack the Instagram account with all expansions that I own for about a week. <laughs> you should. People would be you know, interested to see. I mean, that would, what, take two days, three days tops? If I expansion? post one an hour. <laughs> you wish. Anywho, sorry. We're getting off topic. But Brian and I got paired up. We randomized teams again, but we ended up together. And... Um, I carried you the first half. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Ryan did typical Ryan things, and... You know, where I was uh, filling the bed with poo, 
Ryan was <laughs> holding the board on lock, marshalling. You were distracting him with a trebuchet <laughs> the entire game. <laughs> yeah, they were all ever. They were afraid of the trebuchet, uh, and that was or is possibly the worst unit in War Chest. Uh, it's pretty bad. Would you agree? It's it's got it's at the bottom three so far that I've I feel played. like this is another berserker conversation. Like it <laughs> looks yet- real bad until. We all of a sudden make it work really well. And we're like, oh, this is what were we thinking? Well, it won the game because it was like a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube man yeah. because it was just distracting the whole game. It had taunt. Yeah. <laughs> taunt. Nice. Well, um, you, you were making it work at the end when we, when we backed it up. So we played with, we played with the nobility expansion, which gives you some additional units and also decree cards, which are like one-time use powers. And there's three in the game. So you get three one-time use powers throughout the game. The exception was I had the Earl card or, or the Earl chip from that set. And the Earl, if you take a, uh, like you take a control point with the Earl, he gets to use one of those actions. So I was like, Super Mario piping you around the map. <laughs> yeah, the trap with the Earl to our locations. And at the end, we did that with the trebuchet to put it in a safer spot. And they kind of backed off from going after a little until the end. You started Donkey Konging this thing back towards where it was and then got in firing range and just started. You started picking them off at that point. So yeah. it, it took all game, but you still, I think you ended up killing three units at the end there. Yeah, I feel like there was like three turns in a row because all I had left were trap tokens because. All my other units were dead. <laughs> like and, and the sappers. <laughs> and the sappers, yeah. Oh. I thought those were gonna be better too. But maybe yeah, that they, was just my yeah. fault for not putting them in the bag we, sooner. It's the first time we played with them. Yeah. I think we need a couple more games. And and to be fair, like you had go ahead, do it. No, I thought you were gonna do to be fair. <laughs> oh, to be fair. Oh sorry, I thought we were talking about my horsies, because I always pick the horse. <laughs> Well, yeah, you, so you got the light cav again, then you put those to good use towards the end too, but like the sappers and and the trebuchet, I feel like you just kind of got two units that flat out just don't belong together. I guess if you have the trebuchet in a a control point with a fort, because that's what the sappers do, they allow you to build and destroy forts easily, which is part of the siege expansion. Um, Together they might work, but I feel like the way we did it didn't quite right. So I, I feel like you didn't get the worst units. We just didn't know how to use them yet because this is the first time we tried. That's true. That's true. I, I just I would have played that differently. If we played it again, I think we both would have played it. Oh, same units, like, running it back, same. Yeah, same, yeah absolutely. Uh, Light cavalry came through again, and uh, the horses, marshal is horses, the best unit in all of Warcha. Horses and the marshal, they win games. Joe was so pissed at the marshal by the end. He's just like, this, this is bullshit. This is the best unit in the game. How can you do anything against I was laughing. The marshal, marshal, marshalling, and marshalling, again, is just so good. It's good. But yes, that game never ceases to entertain and impress. It is always an entertaining game with the four of us, uh, no matter what the teams are. And it's we talked this year about when we go to PAX, we're like, eh, we could bring some of our big stuff. We could play some of the stuff we buy at the show. We just decided to bring some of the games that we love and we yeah. like to play a lot. And that's probably number one on the list for everybody, I would guess. Yeah, which is ha- – it's it's it should already be packed up. I know it's December, but <laughs> it needs to get ready to go. Well, I'm sure we'll play it before then. No, fa- that is, that's true. Yeah. Can't believe I missed it to be fair. My bad. Sorry. I'm so excited about War Chest. You get it every – you even get it in other places. So Yes. Anyways, you didn't <laughs> – you don't miss. Was there anything else you played outside of game night that, that you wanted to cover? Yeah, so my wife and I um, got to play Gingerbread House, 
Did I talk about that yet? From Phil Walker Harding? Is this the Phil Walker Harding? Yeah. Did I mention yeah. it prior? I haven't played it yet, but I've always wanted to. Yeah, so it's it's neat. You're um you it's you're it's a tile laying game where you're you're laying tiles and whatever tiles you cover, you get the actions or the the resources underneath and then you use the resources to recruit and capture other fairy tale creatures. So it's almost like Shrek the board game in a weird way. Like that like that opening scene when like uh, <laughs> Lord Farquaad's like capturing all the woodland creatures, the fairy tale creatures and and they're walking them into those guards. Like that's basically gingerbread house. <laughs> like that's the theme where you're you're capturing these uh fairy tale creatures. Um but then depending on um uh, so every time you capture a, or every time you get a level uh, I think how I'm trying to, yeah, every time you, you get a full level, meaning like a whole floor of your, your little gingerbread house, you get to take one of these bonus scoring, uh, cards. And then that's helps you gain more points at the end. So you're, again, you're recruiting these fairy tale creatures. You're trying to get your, in your secret scoring goals. Uh, you're, you're, you're building up your, your gingerbread house. Uh, and then once it, I think it's, um, once you run out of all your tiles, then you, uh, we just, you, you tally everything up and see who wins. I think I, I had posted, I think on Instagram, the game my wife and I got to play. I think it was a one point game. Wow. But yeah, Phil Walker Harding, again, this was, I think it's one of its older, I think this is one of his older designs. Uh, and I think Llama Land is his newest one that uses similar mechanisms. If you think about how, uh, Super Mega, uses mechanisms from silver and gold in a, in a similar yep. but then more expanded way. And I guess that, that's what I heard about La, uh, Llama Land. It takes aspects of this and aspects of another game and uh, makes it more. So, But that's Gingerbread House. And then the last game uh, I got to play, which my wife has been excited to try to play, but uh, we've been doing rearranging in the house, so we haven't had time to sit down and actually play a game, but uh, was Boomerang USA. And again, I think I've mentioned it before. It is a draft and write mechanic where you're passing cards around and they're all like cities uh, in the United States. And there's a Europe version and an Australian version. But I got to try this with new people uh, who've never played it before. They really enjoyed it. Uh, I think they're either going to buy the Europe or the Australia version so that we have a different version in the family. So again, that's Boomerang USA. Highly recommend it. It's fun. Nice. I never... I don't think I've ever heard of it. Is it like one that we would know designer wise or? Yeah, it's, uh, Scott Alms, who's. Oh, I, okay. I believe he's the tiny epic guy, if I'm not mistaken. And then how I, so I've had a couple of those, but he also did the, uh, Dragon Almanac, uh, worker placement, which again, you still need to play. That one's so good. You'll like that. He uh, has a new button shy. Uh, oh, the fishing about, lessons, right? About fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at that. I, I was torn. I, well, you know, when we get yeah. to back, you know why I didn't get anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. we'll co- we'll cover that soon. <laughs> but those are the games uh, so I my, played. My playlist uh, is short, uh, not a ton of time. The last couple of weeks, uh, you let me borrow Shot and Totten. I had never played Shot and Totten before. My wife cannot stand it. <laughs> I love it. Had it first. I love it. And the game also does because we got to sit down once and play a beater, but not not terribly so. I think it was like I got the five stone, or maybe I did. Um, and I played with my son once. We lost. Uh, we I think we had a tie, but then it was like the first person to play on the uh, the, the pile that would have six cards, three on each side was the one, so I ended up just barely. Uh, really fun game. Super fast. Two-player only, but it's just one of those like sit down and crank out a bunch of games when you have some. Knizia design game. 
uh, I think it was came out in 19. It's quite old at this point. But um, did you, you know, play with the um, special characters? I did not. Okay. No, we we kept it basic because I just wanted to try the base game just to see what everybody thought. And then I played two games, won both, and no one wanted to play it with me anymore. <laughs> so I didn't get to try it with the, the other characters. But I, I read through the rule book just to see what a lot of them did. And, and there's some, you know, not game-breaking, but definitely some powerful. Yeah, they're swinging. So. They make the game swinging. Yep. Yeah, so uh, very fun for the, the price point and the time it takes to play. It's it's very good. Yeah, so the nineteen nine was his original design battle line. And then sh- I think, okay. right? And then Shot and Totten was the reprint reissue under the yellow uh mini games. Yep. Uh they both I yeah, guess I play very similar. Two? Yeah, I hear it's not really that good from what I've read for the reviews and they say if you have the first one there's no need for the second. But if you don't have the first one, yeah. maybe it's worth getting the second because then, you know, you can get the different things. But it still has the base. Well, I don't need any because no one will play it with me. So, well, that uh, That's something just, you can uh, cross off the list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was good. It was a good game. Thank you for letting me borrow. Uh, the other one I got to play, which I'll talk about a little bit, and, and bought is I picked up. So we went to a, a game shop together this past week uh, down in uh, Westchester. Is that right? Yep. Called the Games Keep. And the games keep Ken it. had been building this place up for me for a little while and been to a lot of game stores in my day, but uh, was not prepared for what this place is. It is normally you walk into a, a shop that sells board games and you see like toys, like Funko stuff or whatever collectibles action on side. And you see the whole big selection of magic cards or Pokemon or whatever in the other side. Or sometimes you see like calendar gift type stuff. This place was straight up board games everywhere you looked everywhere you looked every wall had board games on it the whole middle of the floor was shelves and tables with board games underneath the tables are boxes of board games in the other room there's tables with more board games like you did not quite do justice to what i was thinking this would be it was insane this dude has more supply and more like selection than any place ever he had <clears throat> gen con stuff that, you know, things that that were on people's Gen Cons list that I haven't even gotten to see, like, at any store. Got Kickstarter exclusives, like, everything you can think of. This place is heaven. It's so cool. Yeah, one other um, thing, too, just to add is he also has a lot of older games that are out yeah. of print or rare and hard to find. So if, like, some people have those grail lists, this could be one of those places that might have it. So it yeah. might be worth we were checking there, out online. Like- yeah. That old dude that was there with us drove all the way in from Harrisburg. That's not like a, a quick drive to Westchester, I don't think. Yeah, that and was about, what, a three, almost two and a half, maybe, drive? Harrisburg like to Westchester? Hours, probably like two hours to two? get there, I would guess. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a place, it's a destination, right? And and to Ken's point, like, there's just so much stuff there that I've never even seen that's probably out of, like, he had all the courier. I let my, my son has couriers. If you ever play couriers, like a dice dice bag build. He had all the expansions for Quarriers, and those have been out of print for a while. Not that you can't find them other places. That was my first inkling special, but if you ever have the opportunity, the Games Keep in Westchester, Pennsylvania, uh, amazing shop, super nice uh, staff there, great place to go stuff, and and they can order things, so highly recommend a lunch date. Uh All right. uh, My point with this conversation was, though, I was walking around the store, and I've made a pact to stop buying games for a little while. I have 16 Kickstarters fulfilling before the middle of next year. Ah, that's um, nothing. I know, I know. But <laughs> for me, like, I never kickstarted. 
<laughs> I never kickstarted any games before Frosthaven. That was my first Kickstarter, and that just opened up a faucet of pain yeah. and suffering. Anticipation. Well, it takes just one. Can, yeah, it's it's true. So I uh, I've got sixteen Kickstarters coming, and I've I've bought games, you know, mostly throughout the summer. But I'm trying to slow down now for the rest of the year because I know PAX is coming in December, and I'm going to want to buy a bunch of crap there. Bear with. Me. I was <laughs> nice. walking around the whole store, looking around at stuff fighting the urges to buy all kinds of th- and finally we're getting ready to go and the only thing i had picked up you you told me they had it was the everdell or not everdell um meadow sleeves uh pack that came out it was like 10 bucks and it came with some extra cards for th- i picked that up you also yep. and then i thought the one game that i haven't been able to find and i, did, I haven't ordered it offline because i'm trying not to buy stuff from amazon i want to support the smaller places was kitchen rush I remember watching a shut up and sit down review. Yes, I know. And also a bunch of other reviews about it. And there are two things I know. One yeah. is one I don't is expansions. You don't buy expansions and two, anything that shut up and sit down, do a review on, you end up loving and needing to own. No, not true. There there's quite a few. Just about, just about I'm only I, I would say like thirty percent. Dude, it, it's still quite high. No, it's like sixty. It's like a sixty percent. That's pretty high. Like it's higher than thirty. Like they're good anyway. at what they do. What can I say? I dig that British humor. Got Tom Brewster, man. He's he's a he's a real cracker. Uh, so Kitchen Rush. I, I watched reviews for it. I always was intrigued by the the play. It's a David Turksy game who does a lot of solo stuff, uh, and I really like his designs. So I picked it up. It was like fifty bucks, and I brought it home. And I apologized immediately because I broke my vow to stop buying games. But it was, it's a co-op, and co-ops go over really big in this house. So we dropped down, we played it. Everybody in the family loved it. Everybody. Nice. Uh, my son didn't play yet Destiny 2 Obsession and doesn't with anybody because he's approaching teenage years. But the rest of them loved the game. My wife actually wanted to keep playing it, and we got through five or sorry, four scenarios. We were on the fifth before we stopped. My daughter loves it. It's one of those games that just you can hit the table. It's easy to grasp. It's fun to play. It's hectic, like uh, it, it compares to the video game Overcooked, if you've ever played that, where you're scrambling to cook orders and fulfill orders. just has this really good co-op fun dynamic, and it's well-designed. I think the rulebook sucks. Um, the components are good, except for the bag, which is god-awful. The insert's not the best, but still there, so it's not terrible. There's some things that I have from gri- gripes about it, but overall, what a great co-op game and an awesome win. And I remember thinking back to the Shut Up and Sit Down review where they kind of like lampooned it a little bit, but then they did like a mid-review turnaround like they normally do, but for the better. And this time it was like, you know what? This game is for certain people. It is for certain groups. And I think that's, I'm really glad I got it and we're still going to continue to play it after we get through lots of setup. Highly recommend for anybody that's looking for co-op games for family. Even little kids can get this. Uh, it takes a little bit of work to get the rules down, but for the most part, they understood it. And have- that is Kitchen Rush. Thanks again to the games for finding me the only copy. In- All right. We're going to talk to Taylor Doolittle from Doolittle Gaming next about Reincarnated. We've discussed Reincarnated a few times, but before we jump into the area, why don't you just quick talk about Reincarnated, just the, the one-minute elevator pitch of what the game is about and then we'll jump into the interview and then we'll review the game after so go ahead so reincarnated is a card game that you are drafting beings from the center of the table that uh, it's a shared pool that you're drafting from where the card that you start with or the card that you reincarnate reinc- into has a couple icons on it and you can if you choose one of the, if you do one of the icons in your next incarnation, 
you then get some action cards. And then the action cards allow you to, you know, manipulate your tableau or your sort of evolutionary chain. Um, or you can mess with your opponent's cards or you can mess with the shared resource pool. So it's a, it's a, you know, an action selection, action playing type game with public drafting. And the real unique sort of hook of this game is you don't know how to score. You don't know what your end game scoring conditions are. At the- so you'll have to either use action cards or karma cards, I believe they're called, or the action of a, or the, or the incarnate ability of an animal or a being that you incarnate to either look at your own life purpose or your opponent's life purposes. So you know what they are trying to do before they do, or you need to know what you're trying to do so that at the end, when someone incarnates into the human form, and there's a, a, you know, a set rule of how to get to that point, you then flip over your life's purpose and score your tableau of cards, and whoever has the most points wins. So that, in a nutshell, is reincarnated. Ryan, is there anything you want to add or anything that I missed before I go into some more detail? No, I think you you captured the game, and, and just to mention, too, this was a Kickstarter that you had backed and received last year, but it is available to purchase now through the Doolittle Games website. You can find it on Amazon as well, too, and probably some other uh, game retailers. Uh, yeah, very fun game, and uh, we got a chance to talk with their with the creator, Tyler do- uh, yes, Taylor Doolittle, uh, about the game, about the creation of the game, about his process, and a little bit more, so... Let's dive into the interview with Taylor Doolittle from Doolittle Gaming about Reincarnated. We have a very special episode today. Um, we have a designer of one of my favorite card games, uh, Reincarnated. Uh, his name is Taylor Doolittle. Uh, Taylor, welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to finally talk to you. Yeah, we've been... Uh, you know, I've been trying to, pl- you know, I was one of your backers uh, from from Kickstarter um, and the game just spoke to me for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it's it, it, it has accessibility. It's got some unique mechanics that I've never played uh, in or seen in any other types of, you know, card games or board games. Um, and uh, anytime we get a chance to, to break it out or to introduce new people, you know, new people to it. Um, there's always a man that was unique that we get really good feedback from, you know, our game group and the other people that I've uh, introduced the game to. So I just want to say thank you for, you know, again, as a fan of your game for giving us the time. Oh yeah, of course. And honestly, I have no idea like how surreal it is to hear that someone is a fan of the game. Every time I hear it, I love it so much. So thank you guys. So just jumping in a little bit. So wh- where did the um, sort of the inspiration or the theme come from how did how did reincarnated become coordinated <laughs> um i think it's so hard to think back about it literally started about eight years ago now maybe nine years at this point um i've just always been a tabletop gamer ever since i was super young you know i started with magic the gathering when i was like 10 and same with dungeons and dragons um so i just like had always been involved with the world in some way and always knew that i wanted to do my own thing if i could um and then really the inspiration behind it was the mechanic that everyone finds unique um, is the fact that I just want, I thought it would be super fun to play a game where when you start, no one knows what they're doing or what they're supposed to be doing in any way whatsoever. Um, so just like that idea 
kind of led down the path of, well, thematically what fits with that really well is that, you know, just going through life we're supposed to be doing. Um, and then it just fell into the theme of reincarnation and it fell into. And that, you know, uh, you, you did mention about how you don't know what you're doing when you start the game. And when you try to explain that concept, uh, when, when you have, you know, people sitting around ready to you know play the game, where it's like, hey, this is your scoring mechanism. You can't look at this card because there. I don't know yeah. if there's <laughs> of other games. Like again, in modern board gaming, you usually always know what your goal is. You always know what your scoring mechanisms are. Like, but the fact that like you sort of flip that on its head, I just thought was so fascinating. Um, and, and that again makes it uh, again in in such a almost oversaturated market of content when it comes to board games to do something so unique and different. Uh, I just got to give you kudos for that. Ryan, I don't know if you wanted to add a little. I know that was one of your favorite parts. Yeah, I, I think the other thing that makes me laugh about that mechanic sometimes is like, we'll play it and I don't look at my own. I look at everybody else's and I don't even care what I have. I just want to find out what I can do to ruin theirs. <laughs> it's just like another fun way to play that, which is, you know, you don't normally get that opportunity because hidden objectives are almost always hidden objectives. And the fact that you can't see your own and would rather find so- out somebody else's to screw them over is just that much more fun. I love that. I literally don't think I've run into someone who's really played that style before. <laughs> so <laughs> that's to awesome to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I, People seem to love it. Some people hate it. And I totally understand the reasoning behind the hate for it because it is like a bizarre feeling to go into a game being like, I have no idea what the hell I'm supposed to be doing right now. Um, but I mean, luckily, no one in the game does. And that's kind of like the fun behind it. And then, you know, I tried to put enough strategy and literally like this thing started as a very intense Excel spreadsheet. Um of, you know, by turn three, you know, 70% of the time someone's had an opportunity to look at theirs or someone else's based on how the cards are supposed to fall. Um, so, yeah, strategically, you're supposed to be able to figure out what you're doing pretty quickly in the game. Sometimes it doesn't work and people love that or hate that, but I thought it was fun. Yeah, I'm always chomping at a bit to get, I think it's the seahorse, right? That is one. I mean, the seahorse is one of the cards that like allows you to look at the life goals. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and it's like, oh, when it, when the seahorse comes up, you're like, yes, I get it. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's always a, a power first move is if you can look yeah. at your life purpose and figure out what you're doing before everyone else. <clears throat> um, and, and again, much like this, you know, the mechanic that we're talking about, again, it, that sets it apart. Um, another sort of uh, very unique aspect of this is is the artwork uh, that you've chosen to go with. Uh, can you give us a little bit of um, you know, you know how the whole art and creative process came to with, with the style of how you guys have the art for these animals. Um, yeah, most definitely. So, first of all, the artwork is by uh, an amazing illustrator out in the UK. Uh, her name is Charlie Vince. Um, just phenomenal. She does lots of like her own stuff. She has like her own little comic books and illustrations that she's done. Um, but again, you know, when this first started, we're looking at like 2014 and looking around the internet, trying to find people who might want to like assist you with a game was hard enough for me. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I literally went to hireanartist.com, um, and was scrolling through just like tons of different illustrators and happened to stumble upon her stuff. Um, she had like a really unique like watercolor effect to everything she was doing that kind of like had this, I don't know, to me, it was like a surreal, like ethereal 
feel to it. Um, and then the base of the game, you know, when you're playing, you have what's called the being pool floating between all of the players, uh, which are essentially like empty voided animals in the world that are waiting for like a soul to incarnate into them. And that's where you hit the, the unique, sometimes creepy illustrative effect of all of them having white eyes um, just off the, you know, verbiage of the eyes with like the soul. The eyes are the windows to the soul. Um, so things don't have souls. I, um, and she killed it. She did absolutely amazing. I love it so much. So now, just out of curiosity, were the eyes drawn all on to begin with? And then the eyes sort of had that like sort of almost like white out effect? Or, or were they all designed and drawn without eyeballs? Um, so I'm pretty sure. And Charlie, uh, but when I contacted her, I, I told her, you know, the reason I want to work with you, A, is because your artwork is beautiful. And I love that. Um, but, you know, if you meet me in person, I have lots of tattoo work that I like really don't tell artists what to do. I just like give them an idea I've done. Um, but my favorite part about working with an artist is letting the artist be the artist and do whatever they want. Um, so when I told her, you know, I'm just going to tell you to draw a penguin. I don't care what type of penguin. Um, but the only rule I set in stone with her is I don't want to have eyes. I want all of them to have white eyes. So that was the only stipulation I put on her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I, you know, we, the art and the creativity of, you know, really does help to sell board games and card games nowadays. And uh, I know Ryan and I are, sometimes we just jump on things because of how good the art or how, you know, how amazing. Yeah, I think that's most people anymore is, is yeah. if you try to, it's a crowded market and you've got to differentiate yourself with like a specific style and or aesthetic to it. And so at least, you know, you got that in this game, which is, it helps a lot, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with that. Except, you know, Kickstarter, like, yeah. I visually identify yep. people. Are just, so yeah. I, yeah, that thumbnail is make or break, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, most <laughs> definitely. And that went through lots of versions. I still wasn't happy with it when I went up. But hey, here we are. So uh, that's a really good segue to, um, you know, in, in the Kickstarter process. Again, is, this, is, this is your first uh, game design, correct? Correct. So what, um, what was the Kickstarter experience like, that process? You know, you've got your art, you've got your game. Now you've got a, you know, the, almost like the third side of the triangle, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the distribution method or, or how you get people in. How was that process? Um, it was very, very good. And absolutely. The horrible aspect was, again, I started the game probably like 2014. And if you do, you will find Dan Carnady Kickstarter. I believe the artwork wasn't done. I had like 20% of the artwork done. Way overly ambitious with everything. Mechanics were not fleshed out absolute for lack of better words it was a shit show i don't know what i was doing but it was the older days of kickstarter so it's like here we go like you just put something up and, you make- and then obviously it failed very quickly <laughs> so that did that's where i went ahead canceled everything and then took a cleaned up you know i had 99.9 percent. it was 100 percent, but the kickstarter led to some stretch goals of adding but i think really reason i was the campaign was because i was so unsuccessful for the first campaign and just i was very glad that i failed horribly um it helps me a whole bunch but i mean if you look at the campaign page there was not a single that helps me with the video animations. I learned how to do Adobe After Effects to make little card animations to make it look pretty. Um, everything layout, digital, you know, everything copy was mine. Um, it was a lot of time. It was absolutely, but I was proud of it. And, 
you know it brought people in something check it out take a game very glad they did so now was that was it was was last year right it was fulfilled last year is that correct correct yep we had the campaign and we were so what is oh yeah well no please oh i, I didn't mean <laughs> no you're good we had um yeah the campaign was in march and then originally we were to fill like if everything we'd have for december obviously logistics is hard right now luckily i yeah actually help run a, that like wasn't very easy so that was fun but i mean even with like the constraints we fulfilled in i think it was february so not too bad yeah definitely and again I, I i i just put up the page um again i know it was a very modest uh you know pledge and you know for what it for you know what you were looking for it really nailed it it, it went above and beyond that was awesome uh, almost a thousand backers right yeah, just under it's like 995, and it blew my mind. Um, and like, and then again, you have the whole flip side of the internet world where everything, which we I like very much went into knowing. So the goal was set lower than I knew what I would manufacture. Hey, we'd hit that goal, we'd raise faster on the platform, hopefully. But also, like, if we just hit the base uh, goal, which was 8,000, then it still would have been their copy. So, what is next? For reincarnated, if if you're allowed to reveal anything or give us any sneak previews or any sort of inside, I'm assuming there, you know, with with all this skill set you've acquired, uh, not only making your game, but you know the uh, the you know just the skill sort of how to make a Kickstarter campaign. Um, what is next for reincarnated and uh, do little gaming? Yeah, so reincarnated specifically. Since like the original conception of it, I always in regards to like coming out with expansion packs for it. So, you know, when you check out the game right now, it's all animals and plants world with us. Everyone's familiar. You know, you look at it, it's a deer. So next up is going to be our first expansion pack, which is going to be a duelist, which there will be some basics like unicorn dragon, that style. Um, but then I'm really hoping to throw some people off with some very deep cuts in the in the lore world and bringing in a bunch of different unexpected cultures i think to it which i'm excited about um and then we're also going to introduce new beings uh you know extinct beings that goes back to like t-rex dinosaur stuff um but also comes like real world in our face like hey passenger years extinct you know 20 years ago in our lifetimes that will be in there um and then with that it's going to come loads of new karma i'm going to solo play mechanic for those who want to play solo which i'm super excited about i hope they so yeah lots of fun stuff for reincarnated and hopefully it can keep going from there yeah that's this again obviously just just more reincarnated is is awesome to hear about (laughs) uh but again that the solo i mean it's almost like you can't even make a game anymore without a solo mode which it's interesting that like because again i was almost adamantly against solo more solo you know mode board gaming I don't know. I've actually enjoyed it more <laughs> lately. <laughs> um, you know, it's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. And I, I honestly, I was right. I don't, I, I literally don't think I've really sat down and played someone's like soul. Wasn't like something that was like personally meshed with how I like to experience board games or card games. Um, but feedback wise, after the campaign, questionnaires to everyone, even just looking at the Kickstarter comments. Um, so many people wanted it so yeah i promised it for the expansion packs and it's definitely going to be in there hopefully people enjoy what i've done it can be intense i think it's fun um 
when you look at the game on like a very basic game and like a hand management games amplified in the solo play hardcore. So hopefully people find that fun. Awesome. So have and, you, uh, I'm sorry. have you gotten chances to kind of head out to some of the, I know Gen Con, we just covered Gen Con in our last episode and I know that's going on this weekend. Um, other than Gen Con, I, I saw you got out to origins. I think, are there other like, do you have like a, a road trip circuit that you kind of just pack up the van and and take copies out and, and set up booths and stuff? And how does that tend to go? Is that a, I, I imagine it's exciting and also nerve wracking. Yeah, most definitely. For me, it's <laughs> it's super exciting. An actual night job, green print shop, or okay, equipment out. <laughs> so yeah, we went to Origins for reincarnated. I'm I live in Columbus. That's oh, nice. nice. Oh yeah, um, but I'm also like very busy day to day with my like adult job normal um, life yeah exactly like <laughs> the non-fun side yeah um so it's hard to be like let's go sling copies in like indianapolis for the weekend <laughs> and like get hotels and schedule how to be um so i think right now to continue to like broaden our super awesome we're in a couple of game shops in town we have an actual local tournament coming up in september which i'm excited about i'll be the reincarnated spending a played in a competitive <laughs> scene <laughs> that which, is cool which cracks me up i don't know that's how. amazing yeah so funny um so yeah i think right now and real world goals now focus if it gets cool i noticed too i was scrolling through your your instagram for for the game earlier and there's there was a lot of looks like there was a lot of play testing events back you know early on uh when you got some like prototype copies printed out or maybe even some production copies before the Kickstarter ended. How much did that help you with, you know, sort of tweaking the game and refining the game? Did you find that that process, you know, going to a public place like that and dropping it in people's laps and saying, have at it. Does that help a lot? Or does it kind of just inspire you to, to take the game in different directions? Um, literally the most helpful thing I ever did for the game. Um, and I will make sure I continue to do it for, any project or release going forward. Um, it was amazing how helpful it was. So my buddy here in town owns a sour brewery called Pretentious. Um, Great name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's all the pretentious people drinking their little sour beers, um, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, we're sour fans too. Oh, you're good. You're, good. In, you're in good company. Beer in general, but yeah, yeah. sours are good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I literally just threw it out there to the world. I, I felt really good about where the game had gotten. I felt pretty positive about what was going on. I thought it was playable. Any copy, prototype copies produced and invited the community out. Um, with every copy I had printed, like just black and white printer paper rule books um, and handed pens out to everyone. Here's highlighters if you want highlighters. And we had around 80 people show up. Oh, and, wow. Oh, yeah. It was like crazy and very strange. I think for, like when you came into the building, you like walked up to me and the behind me. And I think it took me about 30 minutes because I, <laughs> I did not want to see a human being playing the game. I was so stressed <laughs> out. Um, but it was amazing. You know, we got a couple of questions right away. Um, something super obvious and dumb that was just left out of the manual. I was like, oh, holy shit. I didn't tell anyone about this. You can't <laughs> play the game without knowing this. What is wrong with me? Um, but then from there, I mean... It went really smoothly. I got, you know, by the end of it, I had maybe gotten, you know, 40, 50 questions. And lo and behold, 30 of them were about the same exact thing, stuff like that. And so that helped a ton. The rule book. Oh, yeah. 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 Especially, you know, I, I've sat and played this game for years. So to me, like all these little things come so naturally and obvious. Um, you don't even think to put it in the book. And the book still isn't great and needs redone. Um, 
but yeah, no, it was amazing. I'm very glad I did that. Yeah, I would imagine that. I, I trying to put myself in your shoes, I'd be like, I, I don't want to look at anyone either. In fact, I'll just give you these boxes, and I'm going to leave for four hours and come back and see what you have. Because <laughs> it, it, like, it's it's you know constructive criticism, but it's criticism, and you just you pour so much time and energy into it. You're so nervous about that. So yeah, I, yeah. I can applaud you for the uh, the process there, and that's the hard probably one of the hardest things to do. But it, it, every time we talk to somebody about stuff like that, it's always like that's the most helpful thing they've ever done is just get people into it and playing and start working out all those you know rough edges and it's good. Um, so we. We're running a little low on time. I want to get to a couple questions about you and your gaming. So obviously you've made a great game and are working on and you know adding to that great game and who knows maybe other projects in the future. But what games do you play? Like do you have a gaming group? Do you do D and D with the group? Are you kind of solo gamer? Like what what do you play when you have some free time or downtime? Um, yeah, no, I love doing anything and everything I can. It's definitely gone down a lot as I've like gotten D and D. I love. I wish I could go back into it. We had like, and I miss oh, wow. so much. But you know, now my partner's not too hardcore into tabletop gaming, two player game. I love the number aspects to game and just like having lots of little like calculus stuff. My family's into party style game of categories, nice. lots of code. And I have a buddy who we try to get together, terrible everything like that together, <laughs> which I've nice. I've enjoyed. Um, but yeah, on a day to day basis. For, so, for whatever reason, I don't know if you guys play it, but Lost Cities, I'm playing it all the time. Um, I just it's love the, it. It's Reiner Knizia, right? <laughs> um, I can't tell you. Oh, so, um, <laughs> it's, um, it's sort of like a rummy style in the middle, right? Where, or you're trying to play poker hands? I'm, I, yeah, I've essentially. Played, yeah, I've played Lost Cities. And again, that's, yeah, I think that is Knizia. It is, yeah. You know, if you like math, I mean, Knizia loves that. Uh, it was so funny. Um, and, and again, a two-player game. I just let Ryan borrow one this week. It's called Shot and Totten. Um, it's out of Yellow's small box line. It was like a $10 game, but it, it plays, you know, it's if you like Lost Cities, uh-huh. uh, this is going to have a similar type style to it, you know, with a battle line in the middle and you're trying to compete, you know, from, um, you know, a, a, with your opponent across to try to get these little areas, but... Um, they were released uh, in 1999, both of them. Awesome. <laughs> so he must have been on a kick that year. Yeah. Uh, but again, definitely take a look at that. Shot and Todd. And the art's kind of cool. It's these like weird, like uh, Scottish, you know, folk. It's really funny. It's awesome. cool art. No, and see, and that's why I love listening to you guys. Cause I literally like have kept a list of stuff that like, I hear something come up. I'm like, okay. I'll see what that is. So. Well, we'll apologize in advance for how much money you spend on the Gen Con list because oh. there were one game overlap <laughs> yeah. out of top 10 for both of us. We're oh, both wow. going to be broke by the end of 2022. Perfect. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, um, another quick question, too. Do you have any – so, you, obviously, you know, you've played some Kinesia and some others. Out of all the games you've played, do you have any designers that you kind of – you know, I've noticed like, Oh, I really like this. And I could see myself kind of playing off this or any, any games or designers like that, that you've kind of taken inspiration from in your process or, or through the you know development of reincarnated. Mute my mic. Uh, not on, not on reincarnated per se. Like I, I literally as a creator of it have like a hard time telling people how quickly um, <laughs> just cause I feel like it can be. Um, so yeah, nothing like specific to, reincarnated i will say um, i sat down and played a bunch of uh betrayal house uh, okay which i think in that has you'll see some inspiration um from that style of gameplay and 
I'm working on, which I'm super excited oh, about. That's very cool. Yeah, it's called The Light. I'm not sharing too much about it right now, but I'm very excited for it. Um, so no, I mean, I'm always looking for stuff. I'm trying to get more our local game cafes. We used to have a room in town that shut down, but now we have Tabletop Cafe. Uh, just, you know, pay five bucks. Um, I think that style of gaming works a lot better for me at like where I am in life. Because honestly, it's hard to like pull games in and have someone nearby. So yeah, I feel slightly ignorant towards the guy very much. <laughs> <laughs> I have one last question. Are you a, ho- a hockey fan? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Killed it want, so fast. <laughs> I wanted to ask about this about Johnny Gaudreau, but I'll leave it at that. I'm a hockey fan. I was just curious because he just went to Columbus and everybody's celebrating. So uh, oh, I'll, nice. leave, I'll skip that question. <laughs> You're good. Uh, Ken, did you have any other last questions you wanted to ask Taylor? Well, what I wanted to do was just give and Taylor. I know we're, again we're we're coming close here on time, but again, if um, you just want to, uh, you know, tell tell the audience, you know, if they're interested in getting a copy of reincarnated where they can pick this up at uh yeah most definitely so we have it on doolittlegaming.com super easy to get to do little like dr do and also have it on amazon someone purchasing it on amazon you know i get it a lot of people don't like it um I totally understand but as like a small time creator it's like the easiest access to a very large um so like i have to start there and i have to have it available there and if you purchase on there Again, the algorithm's about everything, so it moves up and it gets to a wide. Um, but yeah, Amazon, you could totally find Reincarnated and do it hopefully in the upcoming gaming.com. Yeah, we will uh, We will keep up to speed with what you're working on and any changes to uh, or updates to Reincarnated expansions plus any new work, and we'll uh, we'll do our best to circulate it through the, through the show. Um, so I'm very glad we got to talk to you, and, and thanks for jumping on with us. And, uh, you know, like I said, keep us up to date. And we're, we'll certainly share some more stories of uh, ourselves getting to play some reincarnated. I'm, I'm very interested <laughs> in this competitive reincarnated. I want to know how that works. If there's oh, a competitive yeah. rule set, I would like to see it. Yeah, yeah. No, I will. I will let you know how that goes. I'm very excited to watch it myself. Because uh, I, I don't know if we necessarily consider this a lose friends type of game, but <laughs> when you put it in a competitive landscape like that, I don't know. Oh, you could be so hateful in it if you wanted to be. be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, 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 sorry, I know we're running close, but just you're, 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 and again, you'll hear it in the review, but like the balance of the take that and, and, and the volume of stuff you have in this game. Like, I just, you just did such an excellent job. So just, and, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. And thank you. If there's one thing I could point out, especially when you guys, um, I always stress to people, they get worried about the take their stuff. You can take stuff away from it. There's always that mindset of your life purposes. And their life purpose might be to have a bunch of dead stuff. So you might think you're killing your opponent off by like destroying all their beings. And lo and behold, you've given them so many points and you just helped them win the game. You um, see, Taylor, now, you, now you've just explained why I play the game the way yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'd rather um, not help myself and hurt everybody else. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Awesome. Well, thank you very much Taylor, for your time. We really appreciate it. And again, like like Ryan said, please keep us posted as, as things develop. Obviously, we're you know we follow your your channel, and um, obviously on Kickstarter we're following as well. So um, anytime something comes out, or if you need anything from us, please don't ever hesitate. Thank you. Oh yeah, thank you guys. All right, sounds good. Thanks a lot, Taylor, and take it easy. Later. All right, that was Taylor Doolittle from Doolittle Gaming. Again, thanks to Taylor for meeting with us and, and talking about Reincarnated a little bit. Um, yeah, thank really you, nice Taylor. guy to talk to. Yeah, super cool, super open book. I like it. Uh, good people. 
uh, and was you know super excited to get him uh, on the podcast. Yeah, it was really interesting to hear about uh, the the play testing process. I had asked that question on purpose because it always intrigues me when a first time creator like that kind of goes into their their project with all this excitement and sort of hope and takes it to a public play testing venue and just gets utterly crushed by feedback. And it sounded like Taylor was incredibly nervous, uh, but it sounds like it really benefited him. So it was, it was a cool thing to hear how that whole process goes for a designer like that and just how nerve wracking yet helpful that can be. I'm just excited for more reincarnated. I, I can't wait. I'm so <laughs> pumped. I, I, and, and again, if, if Taylor, uh, you know, some of his other projects I'm looking forward to, uh, I, I again, yeah, I definitely, I like his, his, his game, the way he thinks. So, um, it's, he's going to be a designer and a game company and a publisher to watch. So that's reincarnated and uh, do a little gaming. Yeah. And when we talked with him, you, you know, you heard in the interview, we're going to chat a little bit in the future about his upcoming projects. So when we get some more news around there, maybe we'll have Taylor back to talk a little his upcoming. Hopefully we'll hear from him. All right. Let's, uh, let's grill Taylor's personal <laughs> pet project now nice. and uh, do a rein- reincarnated review. So this is uh, the part he's been waiting for, I think, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to hear himself talk on our podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's that, so what did that you- weird. <laughs> <laughs> what I just did like you to hear have? my voice. <laughs> yeah, I can't listen to these after I record them. I don't want to. Uh, what did you have for theme for Reincarnated? Well, real quick, we we review our games on five categories: theme, balance, fun, component quality, and replayability. Uh, we take the and we score them on a one to five. One being the utter poops, and five being amazing. Mm-hmm. And you should be very very proud that you got a five from us. And then. Uh, we average those <clears throat> to get a final score. And then just for funds, we uh, add a little category at the end. Would you potentially lose friends from playing this game? So from, so we start with theme. And again, I, I think I'm getting, uh, I think I'm getting better at theme. Uh, <laughs> and I gave reincarnated a, f- I really enjoy how the karma and action cards work with the beings and and this reincarnation process of if you if you think of like a the evolutionary you know the what is it the that painting of the evolution of man how it's this little tiny primordial <laughs> ooze and and then it becomes this little tadpole and then the tadpole becomes you know a lizard with two two legs and then it it, it uh you know evolves into you know a, a you know a dog or something so that's really the tableau sort of timeline you're building uh, is this evolutionary chart and and going from you know a venus flytrap you know to a mosquito and then a mosquito to to a little finch and then a finch to a hawk and then a hawk to a you know uh trying to even think like a, almost like a rhinoceros a, a rhino i was thinking more carnivorous <laughs> but okay but yes or or you're you're going back down to the reptile stage maybe you're a crocodile um, so, and again, there's just so much, so many beings in this game. Uh, I don't even think we went through, uh, we've played a few no. times and I don't think we've ever gotten through the whole deck, even through all the playthroughs. And every once nope. in a while, a new being pops up, you're like, oh my God, what does that thing do? Uh, so I gave a, a four for theme. Yeah. I'm on the same boat. Uh, I love the concept of reincarnation and, uh, to put it in game form is very fun and seeing like the like you mentioned, the chains that people create, but also when you're like, oh, I got to evolve into a flamingo and I'm happy about that. And then someone kills the flamingo and you're like, God damn it. Now I'm back to a Venus flytrap. 
there's a lot of that fun stuff, and, and it just works well with the play of the game. So I gave it a four. I like he did a good job. Yeah, very well um, done. Balance. I gave it a four and a half. This game is very well balanced. Um, the thing that makes it hard to say it's, if it's balanced sometimes to me is is that hidden. It kind of depends early on. We joked in, in the interview, I like to play the backwards of what he expects people to play, which is I like to look at everybody else's scoring condition and find ways to screw them, rather than score points for myself because I figure, well, I'm going to accidentally fall into it at some point. Um, it's tough, though. It's tough to predict how a game's going to go and how balanced it is when you don't know what you're going to do unless you get the chance to look at it. And there's not a huge amount of cards out there and stuff. Sometimes that gets to be a little frustrating with the balance, but I think every time we've played, it's been very close and equal. And once people grasp how to play the game and what they're shooting yeah. for, you can pretty much ensure that the game's good. Four and this a half is, seems- yeah, this is definitely one of those games where you want to do it twice. So the first yeah. time is, oh, yeah. you know, least. your first time playing, you're like, you know, getting familiar with the mechanisms, getting familiar, you're seeing, you know, some of the, you're watching some of the people who know how to play it. Wrapping your head around your own scoring being hidden from you. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you don't know how to win the game at the beginning is awesome. I, I love that. Uh, and, and again, we, you know, from a balance standpoint, you all start out that way. You all don't know what you're gonna, you're right. trying to achieve. Um, but from a balance perspective, um, again, there is that, I do put this in the same category, and I think I've mentioned this a couple times, right? Uh, is is like Res and Fort Oath. Since there's a shared pool, there is always a little bit of luck. So if if I do an action that flips over all the the public uh, pool, um, and 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 the next player gets something that just triggers off their whole thing and and is a big chaotic thing again. That was a nice lucky swing that that happened. So I gave it a balance of four. Again, not that it's imbalanced, but I think there is that luck factor. Um, yeah, that I have to, you know, you know, put it into consideration again, and especially when you put it up at games like Looters and and Res and War Chest, like it's, you know, it's you know, in all in how you play, what a you have more swingy. Yeah. So how about fun for you? So fun, I, again, looked at my past reviews and the games that, like, I consider, you know, fun and compare and contrast, like, would would I play this over that? Or if I had a chance to play this, would I play this instead? And Reincarnated falls in a very high category with a 4.5. And just so everyone is aware, the other 4.5s, are and in fun are meadow and wings so it wow. is definitely among some good company because i really really and i find it very you know it's it's relaxing uh the art which again we'll t- jump in a little bit into the component quality in a bit but the art is really really amazing to look at i want to see more animals i want to see um, you know, what people can come up with. Therefore, that adds to the fun for me. So that's where I ended up, 4.5. I ended up at a 4. Some card games hit home. This is somewhere on the higher end does hit. I enjoy playing it. Uh, there are lots of other things I think I'd probably play over it, but not a ton. It's a fun game to sit down with with a group of four and just crank out. It's quick. Uh, it's funny. The reincarnation theme works well as a, you know, in a group setting, just watching people's chains flow. It's fun to target 
you know, the one guy at the table that's kind of getting their, their chain built up a lot and you can kind of see what they're, they're doing because they know they're scoring. So you try to screw them over. Yeah. I, I just think it's a four for me. It's not anything that blows me out of the water, but every time I, we get it to the table, I enjoy pl- that's kind of, um, component quality. So you brought it up earlier. The art. I, I have trouble with this category sometimes. And the reason is because we have these, it's a come as you are or take it as it is type. We have these extravagant productions in board gaming, just beautiful. You know, you just got Oathsworn in, right? We have Ankh last year. Um, I could go down the list forever and create examples of all of these. This is just a card game. Like it's just a card game. So it's really hard for me sometimes to say – you know, what's a four and what's a five in a simple presentation like. And I gave this a four and I feel like it's too low. It is. But and I'll explain why. But you go. <laughs> the co- no, no, no. The and cards. At, yeah, please. You no, go. go ahead. Well, so. <laughs> uh, and Healthy debate. I, I, it's always good. I, I'm with you 100%, right? How can you compare a card it's game tough, like Reincarnated yes. up against uh, look at Wingspan? Or, or, or up again. I mean, just anything Stonemeyer, right? Or anything Simon. I mean, or, or, I mean, even throw up against Capstone, right? Like Capstone goes above and beyond. You know, there, there are companies yep. that do that. However, when it comes to a card game, uh, where I will tell you why I get you, you went a four, you said, I went a five. And again, I did separate it because again, it's cards, but Taylor took the art of this game and put it all inside the inside cover. It is all inside underneath the insert. There is an insert. Now, granted, it is a clear, transparent piece of plastic that holds the decks of cards. How, you know, but, but it's an insert. I don't have to put them in bags or, or use rubber bands. There's an insert. They fit in. And then it's the, the inserts clear. So you could see the full art underneath. And the cards are very, uh, I mean, again, I could probably look it up, but they are high quality cards. The the nice finish, you, you want to shuffle these cards. They feel that good in your hands. Um, and the magnetized box. Yeah. So, um, and then again, I think a four is too low. (laughs) All the reasons you're listing. No, no. And again, I'm and again, that's why this is a card. Like, again, when you look at it, like a card game, right? The insert right there. That's a, a point just for that little piece of plastic. The art inside both covers. There's another point. So you have two points, right? Just from adding those things into your game. And again, as your first published game, he Doolittle Games went above and beyond. And I, I'm super excited and I'm happy. And that's why they got a five for that. Yeah. I think I would amend mine to a 4.5. When I, when I was thinking about it, I was having that existential. Crisis of this is not a a, a huge presentation because yep. it's just a card game, but that mean it should get docked either. But it it can be hard sometimes to rate these games when you take you know last episode was Wingspan, which is and that also was a five productions, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, but you do have to look at it in its own category. Yeah, I gave it a four. I think I could go up to point five or even a five with all the listed. It's, it's sorry, I didn't mean sometimes. to. I didn't mean to cut you off either. Like I just no, no, no. It's it's. I was just trying to exactly what I was hoping to get out of the conversation. <laughs> is I sit down and I go to score it, and I'm like oh, cards. Like now, you know, no. And in all fairness, you don't own Reincarnated, right? So you didn't see the production. Like you didn't. You didn't get a chance to look at it again. We played. Yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't marveled you over know. it as much as you have probably. 
Yeah, I went through again. I, I, when I was going through the review, I went back and I did a couple shuffles just to make sure. I'm like, yep, these are good cards. Like just to, before it got that five, I, I went back and tested the cards again to, you know, if my memory served me correctly. And then I was like, I oh man, look at all this art. So <laughs> I appreciate your thoroughness to the reviewing craft that you do in these podcasts. So I, I take it very seriously. Go, sh- go shuffle the cards beforehand to help score. <laughs> How about uh, replayability for you? So the replayability factor in this, I do think is pretty high. Uh, and I did give it the five. Uh, there are enough life goals that are unique. Uh, there's a, there, the, the beings deck is, is large. The, the karma slash action cards is, is a decent stack of cards. So the, the replayability for the base game dollars, I think are amazing for what you get, you know, for what you pay. And that's why it got a five. Yep. I gave it a 4.5. Um, I could probably play this for quite a long time. Card games tend to have less of a – certain card games have less of a shelf life for me than some board games do. But this one's pretty darn high for me. I could see us playing this for quite some time and not getting tired of it. Expansions ever land, that probably bumps it up to a 5. For 4.5. For, I ended up with a, a 4.2, but I, I probably would give it a little higher uh, based off my component quality discussion. So let's just say a, a 4.4. Okay. I'm at a 4.5 and it is my only 4.5 of all the reviews wow. we've done this. Um, now granted, I, I don't have my Moonraker numbers, but I think Moonraker's is probably a little higher, but maybe Moonraker's would be close. Um, I have to go back and put my numbers, in, but, but the games that are close are Fort, Looters, Res Arcana, Meadow. So, I mean, it's, it's right there. Uh, on my list of, of games that I really love and uh, I really enjoy playing. So it's definitely yeah, got having good company. It, having it in your fort is fitting. And those games, that's kind of like if I have to sit down and pick a card game list, that select list. Uh, would you so, lose friends over this one? Uh, well, again, much like fort and looters <laughs> and the company that it keeps, I think this is it, this could have that uh, lose friends vibe to it. And uh, I think we touched on it in the interview. They're doing a competitive tournament for this game. And I think any game that you have a tournament in has that ability to get angry and a bit frustrated at not only the cards and how you play them, but then on what gets done to you. Because those karma decks could be the difference between you scoring five points or, you know, negative points, because there are negative yeah. points in some of the scoring conditions. And those karma cards could be very devastating. Now, granted, there are a lot of counter spells or counter cards in the karma, but uh, if you don't know what you're trying to do or not trying to do, uh, wasting that card too early or or maybe not using it when you should have, that could be that could be frustrating. Um, but I put it as like a you know maybe yeah a yes, <laughs> definitely maybe. Yeah, I put <laughs> I put it as a, as a yes because there were one of the games we played. I had a card you you basically just like screwed me over the entire <laughs> game in different ways and i was just anything you needed i kept burying i kept burying it lower yeah, well, and lower like the I piles. Kept, there was one card i needed to score like 15 points i think it was like the spider or something like that and every time i got the opportunity transition you no know, reincarnate into that spider i needed a particular card before that to do it and you would kill them or bury them in the deck or whatever every single time and i'm like (laughs) i was ready to like kick you under the table right in the yam bag for for slowing me down 
And I ultimately couldn't get the damn spider. It ended up going away or somebody else took it before that happened. And I was like, all right, well, because some of the, some of the scoring cards have, um, you know, colors or dead, dead animals in your chain or whatever. But most of them have like one unique set of like, collect these two cards. And I, you know, I saw that at the beginning. I had one of the cards in my hand. I'm like, all right, well, just keep an eye out for this. And you can, nope, didn't happen. So yeah, I, you. <laughs> I was so yes. happy and proud of myself that I was able to do that for you throughout that entire game uh, it's rare that i get to be that guy and i was so happy to do thank you for allowing me to be that guy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and that, actually that's years in once in a while and that's what's funny we didn't even talk about the scoring right because you know when you talk about it uh you know the again there's there's set collection that gets you points like a couple colors will get you more points or couple colors worth more points. Some dead cards might give you points. Some dead cards might lose you points. But as you said, it almost has these, like, Fantasy Realm slash yep. uh, Red Rising type combos at the bottom, right? I think there's two. There's, like, a minor and a major. And they are uh, – they're rare and hard to do because of – you need certain amount of cards or certain specific cards in order for it to happen. And that's why it's important to know your goal early so that if you see something, even though it may not help you in your, in your, in, in that turn, but it will help you towards your major goal, which again, like Ryan said, are their big swings? Uh, it's, it's worth grabbing. So, and again, that's what makes this so unique and again, replayable because your, your life goal is, your life purpose is always going to be different. Uh, and, and you're going to be looking for different cards or needing different things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's very well done. And thanks again to Taylor for meeting with us and chatting a bit about the game and a little bit about the process to get this uh, out to the to the wild and into the public. We're glad he you know, put forth the effort and developed the game. We're looking forward to seeing what he has coming next, and hopefully we'll get to talk to him soon again. And don't forget, we're going to talk about the giveaway at the end of the show. We've got one copy of Reincarnate. Yeah. Uh, so I'm lucky. Let's jump, let's jump to Backbot. Uh, I'll go first since you did, uh, played first, uh, Kitchen okay. Rush, which I already talked about, uh, pretty no brainer buy. got a lot of enjoyment out of that, which I mentioned earlier in the show and, uh, Kickstarter, since I have 16 coming, I figured, well, let's just add a 17th. And I was really interested in dead reckoning though on the last Kickstarter. I did not back it. Kickstarter knew, but the too crazy, but now I've lost all control and spiraling into campaigns as possible. Me, this is one of them. Um, pirate theme game it's a 4x sort of uh there's card building so rather than deck building there's card building in it so you kind of it's john declare right yep it's john declare yep. on eno and uh just looks awesome looks like a great game i know this uh current kickstarter is for the base game and an expansion so i'm gonna probably back the whole thing uh looking forward to seeing some more news about that as the campaign gets cl- i think they've they've hit funding i'm excited to see what this turns out to be so yeah dead reckoning is now on my list of things to receive so that was it for me i'm holding strong to my not buying too much stuff and i know you don't have that <laughs> <laughs> so um so from a bot perspective I, I i hope you guys enjoyed our gen con uh, episode last um one game that did not make the 522 game list but got announced during gen con i got the newsletter or the email about it and i was there. and again it wasn't on my my gen con list but it was the only but i instantly bought it i instantly pre-ordered it and that was from renegade games they are making 
a board game slash card game about the movie American Psycho. I had to own it immediately. Uh, as soon as I got the newsletter, I ran out, purchased it, pre-ordered it. I cannot wait. I think this game, on theme alone, should be amazing. So, And Renegade, I- I've never had problems with Renegade's products, so I'm excited. Then some additional things that I picked up uh, were some more Funkoverse. I picked up the Space Jam expansion, non-chase. I can't find the chase version, so I'm a little upset. But I figured before it goes out of print or I can't find it, I'll just get the base or the non-chase version. However, I did find at uh, Walmart this week, they got a new supply of board games in. And I got the Funkoverse Peter Pan uh, standalone expansion chase version. Super excited about that. Uh, and then just so people, uh, one thing now, just like we've talked about the target, uh, Walmart is now going to be competing in the board game. They got three exclusive titles. I have not bought and bought or purchased or played any of them yet. However, they might end up in the collection at some point, uh, cause they are based on Netflix IP. One is Stranger Things. The other is the Ozark. And the third one is based on Squid Game. So they're, so check your local Walmarts. If you're a fan of any of those shows, those board games might be good. I don't know much about them, but, uh, the Ozark one sounded cool. And so did the Squid Game, which again, playing red light, green light in a board game might be pretty cool. Um, then uh, on <laughs> clearance, I, what's that? Did you see those? I was just laughing. Red, red light, green light in a board. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then on clearance at Target, again, these stores, your, your, uh, your Targets and your Walmarts that are liquidating board games too, because they're getting, making way for new stuff. I picked up Taco Bell, the card game. I think it was $4. So even if it's horrible, I paid $4. But so having a Taco Bell in my collection, and like it's, it comes in like the Taco Bell cardboard box where you get food in it, but it's a game inside. Um, so that's the things I've purchased or bought. And the last thing I bought before we get into Kickstarter was I have acquired my first well, let, me, let me interrupt you for a oh, second. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's time for me to have an intervention. If you're buying Taco Bell board games for $4, you've Dude, gone too far. Game. Really? You don't want to play? You don't <laughs> want to play Taco Bell? Bell? What are you hoping to get out of that? I don't know. It might be fun and silly. Remember yeah. that thing I say? So I, I, before no, we get I know. The, you're back, let's, let's talk about just this Reddit thing. Just because it's cheap. So just because it's cheap. I get it. Oh, I suffer from all of them. Yes. There, <laughs> there was a, a post on, on the board game subreddit that I saw about future, future me sending something to past me about board game. And it covered every vice that all of us who overcollect in this hobby have. And I, Ken and I both read it and we were like, God, that hits home so hard, oh, so much more right than it probably should. Right. And this is a perfect example. This yeah. is a perfect example. It's on sale, but it's a Taco Bell card game. At what point are you going to look at your shelf and go, hmm, Taco Bell or reincarnate? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I, 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 okay. When you put it like that, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm not knocking you for buying it. Let's just put it that way. I've made, I bought Return to Dark Tower for two hundred dollars. I don't know what's worse, probably the Dark Tower thing. But paying but still, something for t- <laughs> it just made it. Yeah, it made me think of of that thread, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. A, no, you're 100 percent right. That's an example. You're 100 yeah. percent right. 
All right, carry on. Go ahead, go ahead to back. Please don't let there be like a Pizza Hut game. In- no, no, no. So, <laughs> although I might, uh, but <laughs> so you <laughs> you did. Uh, uh, we did we did jump into my problems before I mentioned uh, or I got to finish mentioning. I did uh, get my first cowlick, so it's still in the box. So I'm excited to get that uh, put together and start to rearrange my entire collection, which. There will be a purge because, as Ryan has just mentioned, I I've got a problem. I have to fix it. So we'll see how much I can I can purge to not only make way for new stuff but make way for more games like Taco. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to backed, um, I'm only backing one game at current is uh, not. <laughs> yes, it sounds great. However, the game I am backing is Foundations of Rome, which is a ginormous. Overproduced, deluxification to the hilt. I mean, it's just an enormous game. But gameplay simple, gameplay's fun. Uh, they, I, I can just, I can validate the purchase because I think it will, and it will get played more than a lot of things because of the ease of pull out the trays and go. Is how it looks. Uh, very simple, and I think the component quality is going to also make it get played. So I'm looking forward to foundations. So that's yeah, back. It looks, it looks nuts. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The price point is astronomical, but so is uh, Dead Reckoning. So I got no room to talk. It looks really, really fun, really deep. It looks very good. Uh, I struggled. When you said you were going to back it, I was like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> the price point just had me like, oh, man, I'm wringing my hands over it. But it looks excellent, and I cannot wait to aim. So I am glad you backed it. It's going to be long. But it's going to be, it just looks like one. Yeah. And again, much like yourself, I have still the original Dead Reckoning in my saved Kickstarter file because I wanted to play that and I thought it was going to be amazing. Again, I'm a big John DeClaire fan. I think even John DeClaire was on some of our, uh, his new games in, um, yeah. that came out at Gen Con. Um, yeah. I'm a big Mystic Veil vale fan. So. Dead Reckoning to me was like his next evolution as a designer. And I'm so glad you got it because I can't wait. Or when you get it, <laughs> you yeah. will. Yeah. I mean, I love card builders own any, I love the mechanic and the rest of that game is just full of good stuff. I, I have heard some complaints that it's just a little too overdone, not the production, but like mechanic spread, but uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see when we, but yeah, foundations are expensive, but amazing being used to the sticker. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, I just want to say thanks one more time to Taylor Doolittle from Doolittle Gaming for joining us for our interview with him about Reincarnated. I appreciate it, Taylor. Let's get to the thing that everybody skipped over all our episode for, and that's a giveaway. Taylor is going to hook us up with one copy of Reincarnated to give away to a listener. And how did you want to, to run this little? Well, again, I, I thought we should go simple. Uh, basically, you can email us. Kill yourself at- and see what you're getting reincarnated. No. no, don't actually do that. Please. <laughs> no, 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 no. Please don't. Uh, so email us at playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com. In the subject line, uh, if you can just write beings, that's B-E-I-N-G-S. And then in the body of the email, just give us your, uh, your name and address. And what we'll do is we will pick one person at random. Uh, and they will be uh, awarded a copy of Reincarnated. So it'll be that simple. Just a simple little email. We will take care of shipping costs. Uh, you will just get the game as part of the, entering the contest. No no catches. Uh, so, yeah, shoot us 
over some info and, and we'll randomly draw and see who wins and best of luck to all of you. Yeah. And if you don't win, you can always find it at Doolittle Gaming's website. Uh, you can get that through their Instagram. Um, or if uh, you want to go through Amazon, you can do it that way too. That's a reincarnated. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Thanks again for listening. You can find us on the web at playgameslosefriends.com. That has all our episodes. You can listen there if you like, or any of your other normal podcast locations like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, all of them, Stitcher. If you get the chance, please leave us a good review. It helps out the show and gets us out to more folks. So drop a five-star or four-star or whatever you feel like in there. Yeah. Just Rate, review, out. and subscribe, please. Rate, review, and yes. subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at PlayGamesLoseFriends. You can find us on Twitter at PGLFShow. And you can email us, as Ken mentioned, at PlayGamesLoseFriends at gmail.com. If you have questions about the show, you want us to cover a certain topic, just want to shoot the shit, let us know. Otherwise, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, again for listening. Thanks again to Taylor. We will see you guys soon. Later.